welcome back to the VTR podcast. We're getting closer to 100 subscribers, so please subscribe. Uh, follow our socials link down below for our TikTok, our Instagram, and our Twitter, as well as our audio platforms down below. But before we get started, we're getting close to a month of uploading now. Yeah. So thank you guys for the following and support so far, and hopefully we could grow even further the next month. Yeah, and then like Jovan said, give us 100 subscribers, please. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we survived a month. Uh, at least that'll be that'll be good yeah all let's right so far let's let's get going um let's start off with something different normally we start off with the nhl we start off with the nba let's start off with some soccer some new champions league final i mean it's champions league final obviously you've got to start off with it the biggest game of the season other than world cup yeah so the champions league happened on saturday it was between inter milan and manchester city and we previous on the previous um episode we said City got this easily. And um, three nothing by me was the prediction. Two nothing was by you. That was like two nothing. But yeah. more so, like it was gonna be like City dominated. It was gonna be like a boring, boring match. It was okay still, but City did win. Um, one nothing. So they did complete the trouble, which sucks as a United fan. But the game wasn't like City dominating. Inter was the better team. Yeah. And is there's no arguments about it. Yeah, I mean... There's no arguments about it. There were moments, for sure, where um, City had, but I wouldn't say, like like you said, they, they weren't definitely, like, how Man City was against Arsenal during the year type of thing. Like, when we saw when they needed to win, they came out and just put their name on that field. This game, like I said, it was similar to the FA Cup final, except for the 13-second um, goal. It was, like, the same nonchalant, City performance, like Erling Holland didn't do much again. Yeah, he was quiet. The key thing was Kevin De Bruyne and got injured, um, like thirty minutes in, and yeah, that, that obviously hurt their playmaking a bit. But you want to start off with us? Uh, let's start off with Inter, actually. You want to go Inter? Yeah. yeah, let's go Inter then. Um, like you said, Inter Milan should have won it. Um, they had the chances. Uh, they had the better on. chances. They had the better chances. I want to say they had like a clear cut in the first half like a clear cut chance uh, first half i don't think really anyone had uh, maybe nothing, city nothing had, clear cut maybe city had probably one or two where onana had to make some saves but yeah. inter didn't have any clear cut um in the first half they the question was we already knew that martinez was going to start obviously i know you have some thoughts on that with jacko but top. W- the question was with jacko or with romelu lukaku and they went with jacko and so it wasn't surprising but the they did well. They held the midfield. Uh, Inzaghi, the manager, had a good game plan. Held City. And they obviously couldn't impress much because Onana is actually good with his feet, unlike De Gea when they played in the FA Cup final. Jeez, his composure is mad, bro. Yeah. That's actually like, he's like, he's not, you know when goalies get it and they just play it out to the sidelines right away? He's playing passes like in the middle through the forward line of City yeah. into the center mid. Into the center mids. Yeah. And then, yeah, like they had the chances it, uh, later on, second half as well. They made the changes. Um, obviously, the game slightly changed when De Bruyne got out. And they didn't have, like, De Bruyne, obviously. I would disagree. I feel like it was the same, really. They did still have more possession, but they didn't really do much with it. Yeah. And it's not like De Bruyne was, like, making a but difference But he would have been, like, more of an impact still. Uh, but he wasn't really making a difference himself but when he was on the pitch. Anyways, just sticking back to Inter, it was just like when Lukaku came on and... The chances weren't there. Like, they couldn't... The final ball wasn't there. It wasn't there. And I, I feel like it wasn't there for uh, both teams. Yeah. Like, with the interest in this case, like, when they were trying to play that ball long or across or whatever, it would get blocked by one of, the, uh, like, the city center backs, like a Kanji. John Stones had a massive game in that regard. Yeah, we'll get on to that later. Play. 
and like just on the defensive side of things he was breaking up play well with a kanji and them and it's just like lukaku we thought we're like all right let's go let's go right like we were rooting for him you obviously know? But yeah because we're rooting for inter as well yeah and he put up a stinker um Latoro Martinez didn't play well either. He was the worst field, worst player on the pitch, by far. There was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Uh, Latoro just getting rid of the ball. He had that one chance where could have played it across, but the angle was too tight and he shot it, and Ederson made an easy save. Uh, no, Latoro Martinez really fell off in the World Cup, and yeah, maybe didn't watch Inter much after the World Cup. Uh, maybe he played well, maybe he didn't, but on the big World games, Cup, yeah. absolute dud. Champions League final, absolute dud. Yeah. Um, aside from that, I think like Demarco should have been better when crossing the ball, and same with Dumfries in a way. But they're those like those two were really good though. Like they really had himself a game. Those their wing backs were really good. Yeah. Uh, obviously crosses should be a little bit better, but Demarco, uh, was really a threat on that left side. Yeah. Uh, he also had that chance where he hit the crossbar and then the rebound hit Lukaku. And then Dumfries was just Dumfries was doing his job. He was getting up the pitch well. Yeah, crosses maybe could have been a little bit better, but there were some decent balls put in where yeah. the runs were not made. When Rodri scored his goal, and we thought like, okay, yeah, in our heads was like over, which obviously in hindsight it became over. But it wasn't like they went back down. Like, like I said, Lukaku had the chance. It was a scramble, and then he ended up blocking it. I'm not gonna say he put his foot out or anything. It was just headed it was towards. Incredible him. defending by Romelu Lukaku. But it was just, it was headed towards him. And it's fine, whatever. The next play, though, he should have scored. Like, Ederson made a miraculous save. Like, a, I don't know if it was just, like, instinctual. And at the same time, it wasn't, like... Like, Lukaku had to hold net. He could have easily buried that. Obviously, the one initial to that um, block, the Lukaku block, was, like, that, um, like the rainbow header. That yeah, that was a DeMarco. So, DeMarco yeah. did the rainbow header. Obviously, I, I don't think it should have been, like, a rainbow. It should have been, like, a liner. Yeah, but, like, but off the crossbar, he was trying to chip dink it over at this end. Yeah. And then gets the rebound back and then hits Lukaku. And then before we transition over to City, um, last thing was they had they had the last minute corner kick to at least tie it to force extras. And obviously Ederson came up clutch again. Yeah. Uh, another thing was uh Andre Onana was absolutely incredible. Right? He made some big saves. Uh there was this one on Holland was or was it Silva? Remember the one yeah. like near the end where they let yeah, it in defense that yeah it could have been two nothing no it was folding it was folding yeah it could have yeah, been, been two nothing Onana made a big save like we mentioned his footwork man oh my god yeah that composure he's available I think he might be composure. available for transfer so. yeah he was also prison FC too yeah but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, another thing was uh, Lukaku Just, uh, he did it again right because uh, in the World Cup he Belgium, did it against Croatia thing. right yeah uh, so Lukaku lost the the World Cup game. He lost the UCL final. He also might lose Megan Thee Stallion after the game. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody was pumped. Like, Chelsea fans were pumped when they found out, oh, yeah, he begged Megan Thee Stallion, and he's going to come back to Chelsea, obviously. Well, on paper, he's coming back to Chelsea, and he'll be nuts for them, but obviously, who knows? Um, I don't know how true their relationship is, but we don't need to get into that for sure. But, yeah, he's 0 for 3 in the sense this he year. He might be 0 for 3. Megan Thee Stallion's still with them. Well, I, I saw rumors that... Uh, He's, she's unfollowed him, but I don't know how true that is. It's just a meme. Or not, <laughs> Imagine, that would be jokes. But yeah, no, let's move over to Man City. Um, I guess man of the match for me was Ederson, like we said. Yeah, there were three for me. Yeah, name yours. Ederson obviously won. Yeah. Big saves. John Stones and Rodri. I also have Bernardo Silva added. 
You did? Yeah. I, I felt like Bernardo Silva on the wing was incredible. Was, actually? He, he was... Um, I felt like he was that main attacking... Well, not one of the main attacking beast, but... Um, he was the only one that's threatening. Yeah, he was the most threatening, in my opinion, out of the both wingers. Um, and he was going at him, getting crosses in and stuff. Um, but going back to Ederson, like I said, he easily could have been like 2-1 down, 1-1 one, 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 going into extras, and we don't know what could have happened. It should have been 1-1, one, one, at least. Yeah, for sure. That At least that Lukaku save he made should have made it 1-1 one, one for sure, for sure. Like There, there was no debate about it. Um, John Stones, though. Um, Absolute masterclass. When he first Stones. came, he was like struggling with City, and then all of a sudden he's killing it. And now this was CDM Stones as well. Yeah, because of the making those runs with the ball. Obviously, him and Rodri were like just bossing the midfield a little bit, you know. Because in in the first half, they they weren't really connecting passes well either. Like they could have easily counter so many times, yeah. but then Stones and Rodri were always interrupting them. So um, obviously Rodri with the goal, that's why that I had to put him in there. Goal. Great finish, absolute bullet. Outside, outside of a curler on two yeah, guys. Yeah, curler around two guys into the bottom corner, and it was the bullet. Like Nana was even moving, and even if you blocked that, that was a stinker. That would have stung. Yeah, bad. Which is, I mean, yeah, it was just perfect placement. On obviously, you can't blame Nana too much on that. It was like their main chance outside of the phone and the one late. And then probably one in the early. Yeah. In the game. It, uh, it sucks because. Listen, like obviously, as a Man United fan, you go on Twitter. Everybody's like, "Oh yeah, you spent two hundred million or three hundred million on this squad, or whatever the case may Bro, be." Bro, it's like one point two billion. Yeah, um, and then it was. It, you see all those memes because they were comparing it to the '99 treble, and then obviously the Man United fans are like, "Oh yeah, well this, this, this," because like more of an academy team or players, homegrown players, um, which is fine and all. I get it, but that's just. That's it's just the being game in now. denial. It's, it's the just, game. Now. Yeah, we can't be in denial. At the end of the day, yes, I'm a United unless, fan. Unless it's clear cut, they broke the rules. Which supposedly they did with the supposedly did it, right? They do have 115 charges again. I I don't know the details too much of that, so I'm not gonna get into it. But like, if that comes out, obviously they know where they get punished. Then it's a different story. Yeah, but, but no. Just, as of now, you gotta give them their flowers. Yeah, they they, they, uh, they completed the treble, came back. Um, they were obviously behind in the league, came back and won that. Obviously. Um, beat Man United last week in um, in the FA Cup final, and now this week with with the Champions League, right? First English team since Man United from that '99 season, winning the treble. Um, before we get into the manager debate, Erling Haaland struggled again, though. Him and Gundogan were pretty quiet for me. Well, Haaland in general was just yeah, struggling Holland, for the last Holland. bit. Like, because I, I have a question for, for Haaland in a second, though, but. But back to the city thing, it's just like that is the game now. You have to. That's why like a lot of United fans are clamoring for Qatari, Qatari owners. owners because at the end of the day, you saw what Ten Hag did with that. And not to make this about Man United, but it's not just Man United, but other teams as well. Like I know Liverpool has some ownership uh, concerns, but uh, that's the game. Like you got to spend. Like Newcastle's eventually going to start spending, right? And then you have to make it work, which Pep Guardiola did in terms of the egos and stuff. And that's that's the game now, unfortunately. So that's why like every team around Europe is essentially clamoring for like, okay, we need to get a money squad in. But at the same time, like like I said, um, it is a money squad. It is what it is. It they deserve their credit though. Yeah, like City, you gotta give them their flowers here because the FA Cup final and the UCL, they were not they they were not at their best, right? Yeah. And then the. And the great teams always find a way to win. And yeah. they found ways to win the FA Cup final and the UCL you know, they, final. They've been struggling, in, at least in the European side of things, a lot. They finally came across and Pep didn't overthink it. 
like he did in the Chelsea final from 2019 or was or 18 oh. or 20. Oh. 2021 sorry yeah it was like very it was like a year before 21. last year yeah it was 21 but um and at the same time you look at a team like psg who followed that money path and nothing happened out of it right they're firing managers left and right they're losing players left and right so you have a good you got to give them their props hopefully other teams you know especially man united learn from this and uh, we go from there but back to the early holland obviously he struggled this last stretch of the season and my question to you is, is he the Ballon d'Or favorite now? It's tough. It's very tough. Obviously, the goal record is going to help him. Now, a treble is going to help him. Uh, Messi has a case with his World Cup, obviously. But he hasn't done... Like, I think he was okay in the he league. He was still okay. But it was still a... This is the French league. This is French league, right? So, it's, it's very tough. Like, obviously, we don't know how... The favoritism is obviously a factor at times, right? The favorite, yeah, obviously, like... like I, I don't know if Messi should get it this time, but, like, obviously, him leaving might play a factor in that. I feel like Messi might have the advantage just because, like... The World Cup story? Yeah. Uh, that way, then that way, but... Wait, okay, wait, is it... No, it's not calendar year. Sorry, if it was calendar year, then he was not eligible. But, in my opinion, then he should have won. Well, then think, it, then it was Holland. If it was calendar year, then it was Holland. I think it's season now. It's season now, I'm pretty yeah. sure, yeah. Yeah, it's a tough one. Like, obviously, I, I, won't, I think they're top two, right? They has to be top. They're the top two. For now, yeah. Like, I don't think Mbappe has done much. No, it's not Mbappe. Um, it's nothing. It's and not there's no one else. else Lewandowski really. hasn't like they, they got went to the Europa League, and then there's no one else really I could think of that that could be in contention. So yeah, I don't know how much Messi playing in the MLS will affect it. Obviously, if Holland has a strong start to next extra season, right? Yeah. So yeah, it doesn't even matter about next season. Yeah, I, I know. It's I will not they're, be surprised if Holland wins, though. And I, I will not be surprised uh, yeah. if Messi wins. I would, I would agree. I won't Who's be surprised. Your vote? Who would you give your vote? Is the question. And don't take the nostalgia factor into this. Oh, that's hard. Because it's, it's, <laughs> vo- it's an award. You can't put that into this. For me, it might have to be Holland, honestly. The goal record in one of the toughest competitive leagues in the world. You got to treble. He, at the end of the day, yeah, he may have struggled in the FA Cup final and the Champions League final, but he was a big factor in the games against wins against Byron and Real Madrid. Yeah. Uh, reason why I would I would go with Messi. Why? At thirty five to have that run in the World Cup, it's not like he got carried. Right, he was carrying. Right, game against Mexico where they needed to win, he did a job. Uh, man got. I think what most goals and assists. Right, obviously. Uh, I think he tied for goals. Tied for goals, or but like, like combine if you combine them, he yeah. got the most obviously. Uh, golden ball winner. But that's just one tournament. It's a big tournament. It's the biggest tournament. tournament. But that's one trophy. Hardest trophy to win. But that's not, it's not. Hardest trophy But it's not Holland's fault that he's not in it. Uh, yeah, you could you look at that. the squad too. Like even if Holland qualified for World Cup, you realistically okay, think then look at Norway is going to make it to the final? Yeah, yeah. But then, but then if you look at the PSG team, that team should have made it far. That's, yeah, the team should have made it far. That PSG team should have made it far. They should have been in tension for trouble themselves. Who they lose to again? Was it Man City? Oh, it was Bayern. It was Bayern. Oh, sorry, Bayern Munich. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's tough. It's very tough. I just feel like the World Cup might be the determining factor. For me, it's like the goal record. Obviously, he's still like... And the treble, right? For the English Premier goal record, sorry, season. Not yeah. the overall. And he got three trophies in one season, right? Does Messi have three or two? Probably two. Maybe. But I don't know like about the, any... I, I hold the value of the Champions League much higher than the French title, French League. I don't think... I don't know if he won. No, you can't compare those two. You have to compare Champions League with World Cup. 
you have you can you can compare the Premier League title with the French League title, but yeah, you can't the pre- compare. Premier League title is much higher, especially uh, obviously Premier League. Yeah, but you can't. You have to compare the. UC- I feel like Messi will end up getting it. You have to I compare don't know the why. UCL with I the World Cup. I just have that feeling Messi will end up getting it, and this will obviously be his last one. Probably this will be ever. his last one. This is his last one. I, th- I, I think that like factor. Will it's like the, play it's like it. the Lewandowski year. Well, obviously they should not cancel that year, but even like the second one when Messi won it. Like obviously that was a sim- it's a similar situation in my opinion. Yeah, that. I think. But this one is more of a case because Holland legit has a treble. I think Messi's gonna get it. I think they will give it to Messi. Yeah, we'll we'll see that when that time comes. One last time, I don't know. Maybe that's why. I just I uh, no, I don't think that that's wrong if that's the reason why. But yeah, who knows? Um, but but we'll move on to one other thing. We're gonna revisit this conversation we had earlier in the year or earlier in the month, the Pep Mourinho debate. Then I have another question following up, and you probably know what that question is. But let's go back to the Pep Mourinho debate, right? We said Pep, obviously, uh, I'll bring up the stats. Like, Mourinho had the harder championships one, but Pep probably has the qu- uh, quantity. Nah, the treble, uh, I might have to change. Obviously, I give the edge to two, Mourinho a little the bit. first manager to get two trebles in history. First manager to get two trebles, uh... It was that it was li- it was literally the UCL, bro. Like I'll be honest with you. So here's the thing: Pep Guardiola is a manager, three times Champions League winner, five times Premier League winner, three times Bundesliga winner, three times La Liga winner, three times UEFA Super Cup winner, two time DFB Pokal winner, two time FA okay. Cup winner. Yeah, no, the thing is this: two time Copa del Rey winner, four time English League Cup winner, two time Spanish Super. Yeah, Copa. he won. He's won a lot, right? But we, his squads are also his squads are also massive. Better. They're also better, right? Yeah. That's one thing. Like, you got to compare coaching styles, right? Like, how how do they get the best out of their team? I feel like they both get the best out of their team. So, it's really tough. Here's the thing. Pep stays in his jobs longer than Mourinho does. That's true, too. There's a that, reason that, should, that should be a factor. Because, like, well. I'm not saying Mourinho's a bad coach. It's just, I don't know if he's a great leader in terms of coaches. Because, like, clearly, like, he had issues with Pogba. He had issues with other players. They don't finish. It's like the Daryl Sutter of soccer, in a way. It's, like, his way. And then he wants sh- shit done accordingly whereas Mourinho is a player's coach for sh- oh, sorry uh, uh, Pep. Pep, Pep is a player's coach in my opinion yeah I agree with that uh um for me it was just a UCL right like you gotta win more and he's won one more I might I might be swaying over to Pep because I said Mourinho I give the edge to Mourinho a little bit just because of the quality just because of, just because of the so quality before of you make your decision Porto he won two league titles uh another like the league trophy like the Carabao Cup uh, the Champions League, which is the big one, in 03-04, and the UEFA Cup, uh, 02-03. In Chelsea, he was a three-time Premier League champion, uh, one-time FA Cup winner, um, and three-time League Cup winner. In Manchester United, so add on to that a Europa League, an FA Cup runner-up, a Super Cup runner-up, um, the EFL Cup, so the Carabao Cup, and the, I said the Europa League. And then he's also, so here's the thing, he also went to other places, Inter Milan, Two-time league champion, uh, one-time cup champion, one-time Champions League winner, which was in 2010, I want to say. Uh, Real Madrid, he won one-time league, one-time Copa del Rey, and a Super Cup. And then Roma, he just won the. He was a finalist of the Europa League, and he won the Conference League. Yeah, but if you're talking about the major trophies, he's won what two Champions Leagues? Accolades-wise, is probably Pep, for sure. But the quality of winning is definitely Mourinho. But then if you look at overall coaching and leadership and style, like obviously Pep has a more preference of style. Yeah, right? style But you can't Pep. compare that at the end of the day. You can't yeah, say Yeah, because like, it's clear that one's offensive, one's defensive. Yeah. Okay, so obviously I, I agree with you. It's Pep. It's Pep. Right? Yeah. I thought it was at Pep before. Now, obviously I haven't 
I'm not a big Mourinho guy in general, not just because of the Man United, even before that. Um, so here's the question. Is he the GOAT manager? Ferguson's a GOAT. Because <laughs> every time you see people see no. this, we have people that we know they're tweeting or are putting stories that they're he's miles ahead as the GOAT now. Um, and like I said, people must have forgotten that Ferguson's treble wasn't, a, you know. A rule breaker. Not a even one, just a rule breaker. A 1.2 billion squad. Uh, so here's Ferguson. Ferguson has 49 totals in his career, uh, uh, trophies in his career. He won a, I'm not going to go name the Scottish ones. He's won quite a bit with the Scottish um, League back in the 70s, 80s, 80s yeah. mainly. But his Man United numbers, 13 Premier Leagues, 5 FA Cups, 4 League Cups, 10 Community Shields, 2 Champions Leagues, 1 European Winners' Cup, 1 European Super Cup, FIFA Club World Cup, Intercontinental Cup. So he has 38 major trophies, Ferguson won in... How many years? Like 20 plus years as and well. And he's never finished below third place. Never finished below third place. Two, um, uh, two time, and obviously Pep has one tri- uh, triple in a row, three, uh, con- uh, trio consecutive. Yeah, yeah. Pe- um, he's had two of like those. A, didn't he have like a four in a row? I don't think he had four in a row, but he had like two, three in a row. But then yeah. like it was he lost and then he came back again. Yeah, like he always came back. Uh, thing is this, he built like Man United... In those in those times, is essentially what Ten Hag is doing now. Is what Ten Hag was doing now. So he was able to build them up. Uh, and then obviously the Premier League era came in, and once that came in, they dominated. Yeah. Uh, without really sp- doing a spending spree, without really going I up. I mean, they've to spent for sure. Like they go but, brought in okay, like compared Robin to Pe- I'm compared to Pep. Yeah, for I'm sure. Not, I'm, I'm compared to Pep. Yeah. All right. Obviously, they're gonna spend. Uh. So that's the reason why Ferguson's a goat. Yeah, I mean, people might say, well, who's done it only in one place? But it's, but it's the hardest It's place. still hard to do it in one place, right? Like so The fact that you, you stayed get, that long? And you could get figured out, usually. Yeah, right. Eventually, right? Like, Pepe has choked Champions League before. Like, with Byron, um, with City. So, it's not like... Yes, it's Pep top five for sure. Is he probably top three? Maybe, right? Like, I, I don't know who's out there. Like, you could... Some people might say Zidane. Just... Yeah, he doesn't have the length of Pep, but... He's won how many Champions Leagues? Like well, four? Like three? Th- three. Right? You could argue Carlo Ancelotti could be up yeah, there. Yeah, obviously. Um, Mourinho is still a debate. Right? But uh, yeah, you're right. Ferguson is still the GOAT. Like, ha- like Robin Van Persie said, like, I don't care. The game is boring. Make it entertaining. And they ended up winning that game. And they were down like one nothing, or it was a zero, zero game at half. That's what Robin Van Persie said. Wait, what do you say again? So like, essentially, there was a game that uh, it was either they were down one nothing, or it was zero zero at half. Yeah. And he essentially said that Fergie's like, dude, this game's boring. Yeah. Make it more entertaining. Right? Okay, Fergie yeah. played Fergie ball, which is like the late Showtime Lakers in a way. Yeah. Like, it was like a full-on attacking, which is why there's a lot of Man United fans in the world for a reason. Ergo, why we are Man United fans. Yeah. It's just like, they were just good over that 20-year span. Yeah. And then, like, like I said, obviously throwing Arsene Wenger. Obviously, he hasn't. Oh, yeah. Arsene Wenger, much, for sure. Yeah. But He's a it's hard to win in one place. And he was never fired, right? He retired himself. Yeah. Right? So. Him, and then I think, did Wenger retire as well? Or no, he was like, it was a mutual. It was a mutual thing, right? I remember right? that it was being a, a mutual. Yeah, it was mutual. But yeah, no, this Fergie. one he retired, legit retired. Yeah. And he retired on top. I think he won the league that year too. Yeah, like he lost, did. he tied the last game. He choked the game, but I think yeah. he won the title. So yeah, no, um, I agree that I don't think Pep's the GOAT. Mainly only because of the quality of squads each team, um, each manager has had. And don't go mate wrong, Man United has legends, but they were like built up legends. 
Yeah, they were homegrown. Right, Beckham, Giggs, Scholes, or even Neville Brothers. And then you have like Rooney, who who's bought young. He was an established. Ronaldo was brought in young. Young Ronaldo was brought in young. Like they weren't yeah. they weren't already like they bought yeah they, they got like Berbatov, they got Tevez for the year, they got um Van Persie, guys like that. Obviously Vidic and like uh Ferdinand came in. They brought in David De Gea. Young though he was not what he was before this year, and obviously they had Edwin Vandersar. So, yeah, the squad was there, but, like, again, like, how... You would eventually figure out a coach after a while. You would get tired of that coach's voice after a while, right? The fact that Rooney stayed there that whole time, right? Gary Neville, uh, Paul Scholes, like, Beckham ended up leaving because there was some drama there, but from what from what I remember, um, reading on stuff. But, again, it's, like, it's hard to win in one spot. It is, And he didn't... Sure. He obviously had some challenges because he, he could have easily left himself if it was a contract thing. Right. So, yeah. Um, number one is still Ferguson. He's arguably the greatest coach in sports history. Arguably. I'm not, we're not going to get into that debate right now. But he is. <laughs> but he is. Yeah. It's like the accomplishment that this guy has done is insane. Like, it's insane. In one spot. Like, how do you not finish below third place once? That's insane. You're always in the Champions League. Yes. He could have. Could he have won more Champions Leagues? 100%. He lost two to Barcelona in the final, obviously. And then obviously. He, Probably could have made some more spots, but it is what it is. It's not. It's not Pep. Pep is not the goat by a country mile, or anything like that. It is. Um, it is sir still, Alex Ferguson. Yeah, and he got knighted for that. <laughs> sir. Yeah. He's a sir. I don't see no Sir Pep Guardiola. Yeah. So, but I guess my final question about before Pep, before we get into the international break quickly, or not break, but international soccer. Um. He's accomplished everything. Yeah. Is it because he's the t- he still has moved on, right? If it was like a Ferguson thing where he stayed in one team for a while, then I would have been like, nah, stay there. But what do you do? Should he go to a national team like should he coach Spain, for example, or any national team? That's I don't know how team? down he is, but I feel like he's accomplished almost the fact that, yeah, the fact that you move like different places, yeah. Uh, I feel like if you like if you want a coach that still wants to keep going, wants another challenge, I feel like international that, soccer it has is. to be international soccer. I don't think it should be another club. Yeah, like where where should he go next? Like, like he's, he went to Germany. Like Italy's probably the only spot he could go to. Italy's the only spot. I don't. If he goes to French League, he just no. There's no. He, that's he's just, just money. Dumb. I feel like that's money. That's money. If PSG bring him in, it's just money. <laughs> that's money. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I I agree. I think it should be definitely international. Probably be Spain because they obviously are up and down right now. Um, you know, obviously, speaking of international, let's move on to the international soccer. Um. Uh, then uh, just in general, the games are happening. Qualifiers are happening for the Euros. The Nations League, UEFA Nations League are on. I haven't looked too much into that, but we'll look into the results. But, you know, us being from Canada, um, Canada soccer is also back. And it's actually something fun to talk about. It's not like, oh, my God. Like, if Canada soccer was still Canada soccer from like a couple of years ago, we probably would not have even mentioned this. But they have games this week. Um, I think it's the Nations League, Conquer have Nations League. They play Panama in the semis. And if they win that, they got... Mexico, uh, or Mexico US. or US in the final, so they have a good chance of you know winning a trophy. It's been it's definitely been a while. I don't know how long it's been they win a trophy for, and then in a couple of weeks, the Gold Cup starts as well later this month. Uh, the Women's World Cup, yeah. No, the Wait, Gold Cup. Oh, the Gold the Cup. Men's Gold Cup. Oh, the Women's World, World Cup will get into more. In That's the something summer. else. Yeah, I thought you said Gold. I think you said World Cup or something. No, 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 Gold Cup. Is yeah, also, I'm all, like the squad is not announced yet, so I don't know what's there's, but happening. There's, now they like you know with making the World Cup, they set themselves a standard. They set themselves like you know. And they sell themselves an expectation that they need to reach. They need to also qualify for the Copa America next year, which they are invited to play. Yeah. And 
they need these games because they're hosting. They're one of the hosts in 2026. And they've shown promise against Belgium that they could do it. They've played like Uruguay the, and Friendlies. Yeah, the struggle. They need that, they need that higher-end competition now. Yeah, yeah, that, I agree. They can't, That's what it's they, And they have to demolish opponents in CONCACAF outside of U.S. and Mexico. They've got to be competitive with them. Yeah, uh, that's for sure because like you could tell in the World Cup that they were at the same level as these teams. Belgium was old, and they were just they were shit themselves. Croatia was still good. Morocco was on the come up as well. So the competition wasn't there in preparing preparing for the World Cup properly. Obviously, they played uh, Uruguay and Japan, which were decent opponents. But Uruguay itself is old, and Japan is not like a. Uh, it's not like Japan's a, still a decent squad. It's still a decent okay. squad. There's a good competition. But here's the thing for me, Canada soccer. I don't know how much the drama is still going on. We got to fix their shit. If if it's still going on, fix it. If not, I, again, I haven't followed it too much. I say hate politics, and we obviously have our cousin Jeevan in uh, the U17 World Cup, which is in November, and you know, if shit affects it. Like obviously, I'm not saying I heard from him. But I'm just saying in general, like, like the, the camps and stuff. They're not, they're not enough. They're not enough in, in terms of comparing to uh, the, US. the U.S., right? And I'm, this is not me saying Jeevan has told me this. I'm just saying in, this is just general knowledge. Like I'm for hearing. everyone. I'm like, hearing from Peter Galindo, for example. Yeah. You hear him talk, one of the big analysts. There's not enough camps where they, these youth, uh, the youth Not just youth, just and Canada, and soccer. Canada soccer in general. And are getting these opponents, like, the, you're, cut, you're cutting... Um, Cutting games like last year before the World Cup, remember it, the games. Was yeah, yeah, right. Place. Like, but what? Who did they play? Like genuinely, Correct. Uh, other than other than Uruguay and Japan, they did not play anybody. Like, like any because they games were they were general. stuck in Nations League, Concacaf Nations League, and qualifiers, which is all Concacaf teams. Like the only competition is the same team you're playing over and over again in Mexico and the and US. And then obviously you play Mexico and US like what a few times because yeah. of qualifying for the, the World Cup. Here's the thing, man. Like Canada soccer is back. It's well. It's rejuvenated, it's back, however you want to say it, or it's here. It's finally here. But if it's not executed properly, it will go back down in the the same hellhole it was before. So, obviously, I don't know what the roster is. We'll obviously tune in to the games this week. We'll try our best, because the other thing is tough to watch games. And I'm not blaming One Soccer for this, but it is the whole Canada Soccer side of things that we should be broadcasted to, like, TSN and Sportsnet or whatever the case may be. But um, hopefully, we get the chance to watch the games this week. Uh, I think it's on Thursday. So, obviously... Um, we'll we'll recap, not recap, but we'll just talk quickly about we'll it. See what shows what happens. And at yeah. the end of the day, we're huge soccer guys, football guys, however you want to call it. The football. That was our first sport that we ever played. The only sport we ever played competitively. So yeah, we were shit. We're invested. It. We were pumped up when they made the World Cup, and it sucks that they didn't get a win or a draw out of it. But we've seen the steps it was. So, uh, another big news on Canada soccer as well. Obviously, we talked about Messi joining Inter Miami last week. And Phil Neville was the coach who got sacked. Well, he has joined the Canada soccer staff. As an he's assistant. The, he's the assistant coach. And I forgot who the other person they brought in was. I'll quickly check that. But Phil Neville, um, brother of Gary Neville, uh, was part of those Man United squads. So I feel like it's a good hire because he could bring in like the air, you know, way back to Ferguson. Those the name wise, right? Name, like, he's a name brand that he's been there. Like he's done that with Ferguson. So he could share that knowledge. Because the Canada soccer team, at least... The guys, the core guys are young still. Yeah, they are young for sure. Uh, Davis, Davies, Tejon Buchanan, Estacchio. Like all these guys are young. They're good players and they're definitely on the come up. Uh, Tejon Buchanan and, and he's Estacchio. also reunited with Kamal Miller because he's yeah. Kamal Miller's on the squad. Estacchio and uh, Buchanan showed a lot of promise in the Champions League. Obviously, Davies has done it before. And then Jonathan David was like, what, leading goal scorer 
a couple of years ago or or he was like he was up there he was up there. i don't know if he yeah. actually ended up winning the golden boot for but, eventually but he was a leading goal scorer he's, he's in a, a big league. name in the transfer yeah. window now for a in a league where you have mbappe messi and neymar and then inter milan's also linked with uh tejan buchanan for like a while it's, um the other coaches sorry, getting big. i'm gonna cut you off uh richard shaw is the other coach that joined yeah Not, i don't know too much about him but yeah um any anything else yeah uh, no all right let's um transition towards the nhl now and game three and game four occurred by the, the um, after our last um, pod. And let's start off with game three quickly before we get into game four. We got an overtime victory. Yeah, we got a close game for once. Um, Florida started off early. They got an early goal. With the Brandon Montour. Yeah. Uh, Kachak got the tying goal and then Verhege got the winning goal. Yeah. But after the Montour goal, Vegas woke up, took a 2-1 lead. Uh, they were in control. Like they, they let that one get away for sure. Yeah, they still played well, and then, like I said, obviously naturally you put the pressure on late, and Florida is that type of team to put pressure, um, and forechecking and stuff. So they obviously got the control, and they ended up scoring. Kachuk, like you said, in front of the net, got it. Kachuk actually left injured for a bit, came back. Yeah. Out. I think Montour did as well. Um, I don't know if he had come back, but he did play game four, but. Yeah, I mean, nothing much. I think that showed um, that Florida was going to... I had Florida winning that game. And I think you did too. But, yeah, they, they did what they did. I thought they woke up for sure. But then, obviously, moving on to game four. But quickly, I, before uh, we move on, uh, well, just quick question. Consumite is for a whole playoffs, right? Yeah. Right? I mean, emphasis will obviously be a little bit in the finals, but yeah, the whole playoffs. I'm just saying this much. Jonathan Marshall... Is probably having the series of his life right now. Yeah, we mentioned He's, his name last yeah, time. Yeah, oh my god, he got what? Another goal? I don't know if it was two goals. He had a bad first round, I think, and then he just yeah, yeah, he picked it up. Uh, the, the, the finals he's putting on right now is absolutely incredible. Yeah, like he was a name we added, and and Barbashev was the other name we yeah. added to Aiko. Uh, but and no, but Marshall again was killer in game. Three. I'll be honest, I don't know who it is right now. It's it's very. It's tough. definitely not. I don't think it's Aiden Held anymore. Personally, slightly. Yeah. Um. I still think it might be Eichel, but I feel like goals speak louder than what Eichel is doing. Well, that's Marshall got like what? I th- I'm pretty sure. I'm not sure if he got two goals that game, but he has like what? 13. And then Vegas themselves, obviously now transitioning to game four, where Vegas were up 3-0 with Chandler Stevenson getting two goals and William Carlson getting a goal. Those three players are in double digits in playoff goals. Yeah. That's mad. Uh, Aiden Hill... Again, was good in game four, obviously. Brobowski was... Gave up a bad goal, though. The, the 3-1 goal. And that switched the game for Florida. Was it... A, would you really blame him? A double deflection? Yeah. Hey, bro, like, no. I can't blame him on that It's one. still a bad... Like, no, it it's like a bad were, goal, like, as a... Like, yeah, I guess as a team, yeah. Yeah, but no. It's not on Hayden Hill. That was a double deflection. Paco wasn't even going on that. True. They hit one guy, then they hit the other guy, and then it yeah, went no, in. I, I, I thought it messed up. I thought I remembered as it was him letting it. I just remembered the, the clip of like him letting it go. I, I didn't realize it was a double deflection. It was but, a double deflection. But either way, the bad goals changed the game for Florida at that time. But sticking with Vegas, um, yeah, Vegas started off hot. They dominated. I think by the time I got home, it was already like 3 nothing. It was Friday, right? Yeah. It was Saturday. Saturday, sorry. You were already home. But uh, no, it was three zero. Oh no, we were f- okay. We were filming a video that's going to come a little later. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah we were filming, <laughs> recording a video yeah. and then. But no, um, yeah, it was, yeah, it was like by the time we finished recording, I'm like, I look at the score, it was like three nothing, and I'm like, what the hell happened? And 
then I, obviously when we started watching it is when Aiden Hill, or not just Aiden Hill, Vegas let that bad goal in. And then Florida put on the pressure in the third. Like, it was all Florida. And I know you were out for a bit, but that goal was set up beautifully by Montour. To, um, it wasn't Montour. Montour got the second assist. It was Anton Landau. Oh, who scored again? Barkov. Barkov, yeah, sorry. Barkov so, got his first of the series. He's been quiet for sure. Yeah, so... But the key was, like, the the big names for Florida stepped up, especially in game three. Brandon Montour, another goal and assist. Yeah. Uh, this game, that was incredible. Obviously, the goal was lucky. Yeah. But can't really blame him. He's lighting it up in the last two games. Uh, Lundell, that that was an incredible pass. That was absolutely on point. Barkov across ice, yeah, good goal. Uh, Bobrovsky was decent. There was one out. Game three was definitely better. Game game four, game four that there was probably I think Chandler Stevenson's first goal. It was like a mini break, and then yes, yeah, so like a mini breakaway is obviously hard to save. But the fact that it went through Bobrovsky, that goal. So that that one I believe he should have had for sure, and I I believe that he wants that one back too. Yeah, and then obviously they had a chance late um, to tie to go to overtime again. And yeah, they had multiple. You know, they missed, I think, a cross-check as well. Yeah, there was that. this one play, like, with two minutes left, they just randomly blew the whistle for no reason. Yeah. And then uh, at the end of the whistle, Kachuk got cross-checked, and then there was no call, which yeah. is, the key, I completely disagree with. The Yeah, so obviously the series are 3-1 before we get into our predictions for Game 5. Uh, the key also is the special teams. Oh, we... We barely touched on this. I don't even think we touched on it in the first couple of games. Here's I'm going to give you the stats. Florida, 0 for 3, first game. 2 for 7, Vegas, right? And then second game, it is the 7-2 game. It was 0 for 4, Florida, 2 for 4, Vegas, right? Third game. I think Florida was 0 2 for, for 5. 2 for 6, Vegas, 0 for 5, Florida. Right. So they're like, they're not scoring. They haven't scored in, on the power play yet. And that last game, 0 for 1 Vegas, 0 for 1 uh, Florida. But here's the thing, That's right? That's total 0 for 13 in the finals. Yeah, and here's the thing. It's not even just like they're not scoring on the power play. How are you supposed to play a game when you're in the box half the time as well? Yeah, a lot like of penalties that, for sure. Like obviously, game two especially was the big one. Obviously, it dropped down a bit. But if you're constantly in the penalty kill, I, mean, I know they had like a couple of shorthand goals. Uh, I think one at least for sure. I remember. I don't know it was if they had one. A it was one. Yeah, so, but even then, like, it's tough to play on shorthanded as well if you're taking dumb Yeah, okay, so no, the, the key of this series for me was... That's obviously special It team. was a special team as well. Here's the, the, another thing. As an underdog, you got to capitalize on the power play. Yeah. That's... And not the, take down penalties. Yeah, and not take down penalties. But if you were to score, you're scoring on the power play, and they have not done that. And it's shown that they're down 3-1 for a reason. Uh, 0 for 13. That's, that's a lot. That's too yeah. much. Take away the over thirteen, um, and like I said, going back to giving because five the on five, Vegas is a better team. Hands yeah, down. that plus the penalty killing. Yeah, they got a shorthanded goal, but you're also giving Eichel, and Marshall, and yeah. Stevenson, Carlson, and Carlson, and Stone, and yeah, Mark Stone, who's been up like under and the radar. And also Theodore and Petrangelo as well. Yeah, so you're giving them up uh, uh, opportunities to score in the power play. So, which is that? I think, like I said, I think the biggest reason why, yes, Vegas is a better team. Don't get me wrong. They've been playing the better hockey. But it's also the spe- big special teams factor. Like, that's how you take advantage, like you said. Um, but yeah, uh, moving on to game five, which is Tuesday. Is it over? It's over in six. I said Vegas in six. So you're sticking with Florida? I think Florida has come back in 3-1 against the best team in league history, by the way. But Vegas is a different animal. 
Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I think Vegas ends it in five. I, I'm gonna get that out of the way. Vegas ends it in five. I'm going in six. But um, what I'm saying is to play devil's advocate here, Florida has done it once. I'm not saying it's easy to do it again, but they've been through that adversity and they've been they did it against a cop favorite who had the best regular season in NHL history. One thing about Vegas, in Boston, if people that don't realize. One thing about Vegas is when they're uh, obviously apart from the first two rounds. The round against Dallas, they could have easily ended in four or five, and they didn't. They got a little bit complacent. Yeah. Right? So, that's so when it came to game six, obviously, you know, it's a big game. They don't want to go to seven. So, yeah, like, and then, obviously, they won game six with a big margin. So that's what I'm saying. That fact that you're up 3-1, I feel like Vegas might go complacent again. And that way, that way Florida could steal one. Yeah. I, I feel like maybe Vegas has learned that lesson. They're like, just end it. And they're on home ice. So you want to raise the cup on home ice. That's true, too. As well. Yeah. So... Yeah, it sucks. Obviously, we were rooting for Florida. Um, like I said, you said you still you said by the next pod we still will be talking about Game Six, but I feel like next podcast we'll be talking about um, the recap of the series. Yeah, I mean you can't argue with that for sure. Plus, you kind of I mean I hope for more hockey, but at the same time I'm like you know what? Yeah, it's, it's coming to an end. It's coming to an end, and it's gonna be Vegas. I feel like either Vegas wins it in five or they win it in seven. Like my original prediction was Vegas in seven. Yeah. But yeah, so as of right now, Vegas and five. And I'm sticking with that. Anything else before we move nah, on? No, not really. Let's All right. move on. Um, we, do you want to move with the coach or do you want to go to the trade? That trade. Let's go All right, trade. so let's go. Uh, we got another hockey trade. Big one. Damon Severson. From the Devils. Yeah. Going to the Columbus Blue Jackets, who also added another bolster up their blue line again. Yeah, so essentially, um, Damian Severson was a big UFA name. Obviously, he was probably like one of the best ones. People were trying to trade for his rights as well. He ended up signing a contract first, but then ended up being a sign and trade of eight years, six point two five million per total of fifty mil. So eight uh, eight years, fifty million, and then the Devils traded that off because of cap reasons, obviously, to Columbus. And they also have defensemen coming up, Devils. Yeah, like they have Hughes, they have Nemich. Probably, I think they have all more, maybe. They have Dougie Hamilton still, who had a great year. Yeah, but their defensively, Devils will be fine. And they have a John Marino. So, yeah, they're, they're solid. They'll anyways. be fine. They'll be so, fine. So, but going on to Columbus, Columbus obviously made a big move earlier in the week in the three-team trade where they got Ivan Provorov in. And they added another guy, big defenseman here. Um, I'm not sure how the pairings work because I didn't watch Columbus. He's a right, right D, right? I can't guarantee that. I think he's a right shot. I'm not sure, though. But either way, you're adding him with a guy like Zach Orensky already there, and you're adding him with Provorov and Damon Severson now. So, obviously, like we said last time, Columbus wasn't a team that was supposed to tank this year. They just had to because they didn't have the depth after the injuries. Obviously, Johnny Goudreau had a decent year for himself because he's Johnny Goudreau. And, but you also have the third overall pick, like I said, with uh, Leo Carlson most likely coming up. And I don't know if he's going to play right away, but... You have the pipeline there. You got Kent Johnson with a year of experience, right? And you got now you're bringing in two stud defenders to help um, Boone Jenner, uh, Johnny Goudreau, Patrick Laine, who hopefully stays healthy-ish a bit more. So that team is definitely gonna make some noise next year, in my opinion. Well, obviously, we'll get into that stuff later on. The thing, uh, I'm gonna go back to this trade. Uh, the contract-wise, there's a time limit because Everson's a little bit on the edge, like older high 20s i believe like 28 so in my opinion there's like a it's an eight-year deal i feel like you'll get four good years max out of them yeah right so there's a window for them now that like for that contract to look good so they're gonna have to like really pile it on this next couple of years otherwise they're gonna go into a 
pretty pretty deep hole in the future. Yeah, like I said, um, I haven't much much watched much of Columbus or the Flyers, so I don't know. Like obviously, I know Provorov was a key player in trade deadline last year before his drama happened, but yeah, um, Columbus is making moves. Clearly, they're trying to win now and try to make a competitive team around Johnny Goudreau because you don't pay a guy like Johnny Goudreau that much money for no reason, right? So you have to make these moves. And uh, not sure who their goalies were because they traded Corpus. Was like Lincoln said? Yeah, so they, their goalies are like up and down. They've been up and down, right? And I don't know if they have another one, but I'm not sure. Yeah, um, yeah. so let's see how that goes. Obviously, this is a start. We already got two major trades. Obviously, if the series ends tomorrow, we're going to start hearing more news. Um, and I think the... F- uh, Cal- and speaking of making more moves, coaching hires are going to happen, which one happened. Calgary Flames. The Calgary Flames have failed in their spot um, after firing Daryl Sutter, after giving him an extension. Um, they were rumored to get Mitch Love promoted from the AHL, their AHL Wranglers team. But, they but instead of they promoted their band lead assistant, Ryan Huska. Yeah. Don't know much about him. Um, obviously, it makes sense because I was listening to Frank Valley as well. They already committed to paying, uh, I think, $4 million a year to Daryl Sutter, so you guys you want to go to the cheaper side of things there. And so that's what they did. They promoted a guy within, which is now question for Mitch Love will be open to other teams because he's obviously a high-end AHL guy. He would be a, like a guy like Columbus. Obviously, um, Columbus is rumored to get Mike Babcock, but like a younger team like that for sure is uh, available. So that leaves now the Rangers and not of- unofficially the Jackets. I believe. Yeah. Um, there's definitely options still left on the table for both teams. Uh, it really depends on, like, what the black Blue Jackets go because the Rangers are going to want, like, a high-end guy. Oh, and, yeah. Right? So, that realistically... With these moves in media, for sure. Yeah, reala- realistically, Mitch Love, obviously, from the AHL, will probably... Just not fit there. Well, not fit in the Rangers, so... And the Rangers if he has a chance, it's probably Blue Jackets only. And even then, I don't think with the Blue Jackets moves they made look like they're committed to Mike Babcock. Let's see how much he's fixed it. And like I said, the Rangers, they need like a top-end guy, in my opinion. If Joel Coenville passes the league requirements to come back into coaching, that's a no-brainer for me. Um, but yeah, uh, moving on from hockey, Canada sport, to some Canadian news. We don't watch golf. We don't watch much golf. We don't really care for golf. But, we, you know, we're Canadian. We have Canadian pride. Nick Taylor, um, I believe he's from Abbotsford. I'll double-check that has won the RBC Canadian Open. So a Canadian won the Canadian Open. That's good to see. Incredible to see. Uh, funny story. We were at our family volleyball today. <laughs> right? So then one of our relatives obviously put big a bet. Big golf guy. Five, big golf, yeah. $5 bet on the Nick Taylor. And Nick Taylor was a big underdog for sure. So the payout would have been incredible. $3,700. Yeah. $5. So um, that was like what? If he uh, obviously let it play out through the whole thing, he would have gone three grand. But he cashed out and at like what thirteen dollars, yeah. So he made thirteen dollars out of the bet where he could have easily. Because he made was fiftieth or something like that. I don't know. Again, I don't watch golf. I don't care for golf. Yeah. No so offense to the golf guys watching, but five dollars from thirteen dollars, where it potentially could have been three thousand dollars. Sorry, he's not from Abbotsford. He's from when born in Winnipeg. Um, I think I'm mistaken of someone else that's from Abbotsford. That's why. Yeah. Oh no, he grew up. Never mind. He grew up in Abbotsford. Bro, make up your mind. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> I saw the birth. I went by the birth. I'm like, no, he grew up in Abbotsford. So, yeah. yeah. He played at Ledgeview Golf, which is, I think, the local. But, yeah, congrats, Nick Taylor. Um, obviously. Un- unlucky relative. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just unlucky. Yeah. We're not going to put it who it is, but, yeah. 
Um, if you're watching, you know who you are. But moving on, uh, let's go to the NFL. We Obviously, last time we talked about certain moves that happened, like DeAndre Hopkins and all that. But and we were making rapid-fire predictions who gets a job. One of them was Frank Clark. He got a job. Um, the Denver Broncos are bringing him in after being released by the Chiefs. And he's staying in the division, so he's definitely a motivated guy. Um, that, And then the Broncos, obviously, terrible season last year. Russell Wilson, obviously, is rumored to be more in shape. I think he wasn't as much in shape. So, obviously, I'm expecting... Obviously, that division is going to be a little tough. But I'm expecting the Broncos to be better. And... Frank Clark adds that to that defense, and in general, is big. Uh, Frank Clark had a good year last year with the Chiefs as well. Yeah, it's it just was just mainly so. contract money, money. So issue. he's obviously motivated, um, staying in the division, like I said. So, you know, I'm excited for the NFL season. I can't wait to do our um, preview and our rankings and all that stuff, and whatever free agents like DeAndre Hopkins are left remaining. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll keep an eye out on that division, and then we also mentioned Dalvin Cook that he might be a potential guy from after June 1st to get released. Well, he finally officially got released, which is to many a shocking thing because he's still a, a pretty elite running back in my but opinion. But it was the contract. It was but a big Yeah, contract. but even then, like, you couldn't trade him. Like, there was a... It's even for, like, a fifth rounder. Contract. But fifth rounder, sixth it's rounder, contract, future seventh. Bro, it's contract, Teams do that, though. Like, Stephon Gilmore got traded for a next year's seventh pick when he was went from the Patriots. Yeah, but his Panthers. contract is not Delvin Cook's contract. Well, cornerbacks command more money in a way. But I get it's the position. Da- but Gilmore even like, I'm listening though. to, make, I'm listening to like guys like Ian Rappaport and all these other like surprised he did not get traded for how much yeah, good he is. But I feel like I'm looking at other teams wise. It's like, I no, like Miami had a trade in place. I don't know how it, it fell apart. Like, I don't know if Minnesota uh, yeah, You should get it. Re- it sucks that the, it's the running back position. That's the problem. Yeah, that's the issue, right? Like, they're it's easily replaceable. The they're very replaceable. Yeah. And he's still rumored to try to command a lot that of contract money. contract is an issue. I he's still trying to, to get command a lot of money, though. Uh, he doesn't want to have like a one-year, $2 million contract. Exactly, see? <laughs> like, in general, but I feel like he will probably end up getting a contract for sure. Like, Miami should, was trying to trade for him, which means obviously Miami's easily late. He, he should. Dalvin Cook is too good to not be playing. And then Miami should be getting a, a running back. They need probably an elite running back with that firepower on offense. Obviously, their only question mark is how healthy two is going to be because we saw how good Miami was when he was healthy. And... Yeah, so I, f- I feel like he like teams like Dallas might be looking out. Teams like um, Miami, obviously. Miami, obviously. I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah, I think those are the two big ones. Those are two biggest ones. Running back needy right now. Yeah. So, yeah, he should get a job. He got released. Like I said, I'm surprised he didn't get traded. Still, for even like a seventh rounder, I still think he's that good of a running back. Um, dominant running back for sure. But, but also, we don't know what the Vikings wanted. I'm pretty sure they did not did not just want a seventh rounder. But which is stupid. Then you're letting him walk for free, and you're still paying him. It doesn't. I don't know, but you're we'll, still paying him. So we'll see. Uh, but uh, yeah, let's move on. Boxing. We had a big fight. UFC as well. Big fights. Um, yeah. At the same time, which sucked, but we ended up making. We'll it go work. with boxing first. But yeah, it was entertaining as well. Like, you've never a, watched Josh Taylor fight before. Um, obviously Teofimo Lopez, we've watched. And the first fight I watched. Josh Taylor lost. <laughs> Teofimo Lopez won, like, in unanimous decision. It was not really close. I don't know why the judges made it. Like, it was a one-round difference because it easily could have screwed him over. But um, Teofimo Lopez, obviously, we don't know what the stuff was going on behind the scenes when he put the fight on. And it was definitely an entertaining fight because people were saying that they don't know if he's got it, even at 25. And he's younger than me. So, and at the same time, it, he kind of, like, 
he coasted through the last two fights. So people are like, okay, well, ever since that Lomachenko fight, he lost to Cambosis and he just had mad fights. But he ended up fighting um, Josh Taylor. And Josh Taylor, like I said, we've never watched him fight before, but we've heard stuff that he's really, really good. And Taylor was like winning the first three. Yeah. Like he, after for three rounds, I would say Taylor was winning. And then an incident happened where Tiafimo Lopez pushed. Yeah. There was a push, and ever since then, he just got his confidence, and he just yeah. looked confident. Lopez looked, uh, sorry, not Lopez, Taylor looked good, but Lop- this Lopez was the same Lopez that fought against um, Lomachenko. He was a confident fighter. Yeah, so it was a very confident fighter. He did what he did needed to do. He didn't, he obviously didn't slow down like he did in that Lomachenko fight. But, you know, I'm down for a rematch for sure. I think Taylor obviously deserves a rematch, because I feel like it would be an entertaining fight again. But it should be. Lopez is rumored to retire. We don't know what's happening with that. He's contemplating it, so we'll see. But, you know, he's a two-division... I don't think he was undisputed lightweight because of Haney and them, but he was. I think he's undisputed in the light junior welterweight division. So yeah, uh, it was a it was an amazing fight for sure. Like obviously, boxing's had some great fights this year to the point where like Tank Garcia is probably last on the list now, as anticipated that is. But which makes me excited for next month when Bud versus Spence finally happens. Bro, that uh, that fight has to be the best fight yeah, of all. We should ho- hopefully. Yeah, but uh, UFC 289. UFC is happening at the same time. Rogers Arena, um, outside of the railing collapsing. Um, it was a. I think it was obviously we didn't watch the first three fights, but, can- but the Canada, Canadians, you know, Canadian we're giving, giving Canadian pride. Canadian swept, baby. Let's go. Six, six and oh. Um, but we watched the Charles Oliveira fight, and he got a reception. Like he's from Canada himself, but even though he's Brazilian, and man, that fight was like obviously we typically loaded up, and it was insane. It's the classic Oliveira fight. One like he just never out of it. Uh, already Dar- Dariush got him down a little bit, you know, early with a takedown, and then Oliveira just found a way to fight back up, and then classic Oliveira just either with a takedown or a knockout punch or knockdown punch, uh, got Dariush down and just finished the fight. Yeah, it was it was an insane round one TK or KO TK. I think it's TKO because the ref stopped it. Yeah, but it was like on punches on the ground. So yeah, Charles Oliveira. This fight was supposed to be the winner fighting Makachev, and he's getting his rematch because he obviously mm-hmm. lost his last fight. He lost it. Uh, well, he technically was not champion because of the whole Gaethje. The, the half the a pound. Yeah. Gaethje, yeah. It, but either way, like pound. in my eyes, he was the champ still because he beat Gaethje and. Now he's getting a chance to rematch um, with Makachev, and he looks motivated as hell. In his he does post, look motivated. Post um, press, post fight, um, the ring, yeah, interview, the ring what. interview, yeah. But and then the main event was uh, Amanda Nunez versus Aldana, and of no surprise, I guess to many people, really, obviously we didn't know much of Aldana, but she uh, she dominated. Uh, Nunez dominated, pretty much won. Usually it's a 50-45. She ended up winning 50-44, 50-44, and 50-43. So she definitely got like two or three 10-8 rounds in there. One or two. And the, the big news with that was uh, she has called it. The GOAT has called it. Yeah. Um, um, put her gloves on the ground, put her belts on the ground, and has called it. Is pretty in much Vancouver. Has retired. In Vancouver. Out of all the places in yeah. Vancouver. So... Obviously, I think we were listening to after she was supposed to fight Juliana Pena for the third time. She said she would have not retired if it was Pena this time because she wanted to f- retire against a new opponent. Or maybe being because she wanted an easy win retirement. True. <laughs> but um, obviously, she ended up fighting Aldana and now Pena is accusing her for being scared. But it is what it is. Uh, she has no reason to like b- go back and forth because she is the GOAT in UFC. Yeah, she, well, she probably had early L's in the beginning, but... 
fought some big names, beat some big names. Yeah. And obviously held two belts. So, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know how which one of the divisions belt. I don't know what's going to happen because she's just literally holding on to one. But, yeah, congratulations on a great career to Amanda Nunez. And, you know, we don't know if she'll come back. But she's saying she's adamant that she's not coming back. So, well, as of right now, we're going to take her word for it and give her a huge congrats in that sense. Um, moving, moving on, on to, to the NBA, we were finishing off with the NBA today. Um, got game four reaction. Game four, where the Nuggets dominate again. Yeah, um, the Heat won the first quarter by one. The Heat then lost the second quarter by five, so they were down four and, and got whooped, half. Whooped in the they third tied quarter. the fourth, but yeah, they got whooped, whooped in, the in the third. And the story was the second and third quarter where the Nuggets really pull away. That's where they pull away. Yeah, you want to shut off the Nuggets? Yeah, let's go to the Nuggets. Uh, we're on a day where we had not Showtime real low Jokic, not Classic Murray. They yeah. got Aaron Gordon with the best game of his life, getting 27 points, 7 rebounds, 6 dimes on 73% shooting. And three of four from three. Yeah, usually he's the one that's left open out of the starting lineup. As Michael Porter Jr. did better, but struggled still. He four was still 11-4 of 10. But yeah. the story was Aaron Gordon. And Bruce Brown. And Bruce Brown, off obviously, the off the bench with a 21 yeah. on 72%. Yeah, so it, you know, obviously, I'll let you talk about more, them about more. But Jamal Murray obviously didn't have the classic offensive scoring but, game. But, but, but. Uh, you about to say it? I'm going to say 12 it. assists. Well, no, I'm not going with that either. Oh, no. Okay, no. Then let me talk. Uh, 12 assists, still found a way to impact the game. Jokic getting fouled out. Uh, not fouled out, like five Bullshit fouls. Bullshit fouled or fifth foul. Uh, sitting, Bullshit fifth foul. Sitting on the bench. Obviously, Murray had to be the... He got some buckets in facil- as well. Facilitator. And he got some buckets in and as well. So, like, he still found a way to impact the what, game in a different way. What I was going to say was he's the first player in NBA to get four um straight double-digit assists. Is what I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, so, jumping off, obviously. What, uh, following what you said there. Yeah, no, it's still great, good players. Great players find ways to impact the game in one way or another, right? And Whether it be through defense, scoring, offense, or sorry, like playmaking, rebounding, in any case, right? That's what makes a star a star. Superstar, and, Jokic, superstar. and Jokic still had 23 and 12. Yeah, it was an efficient 23, but I still had 12 rebounds as well. So... Back to Jamal Murray, though, we need to talk about him a little bit more because obviously in our, like, in my eyes, I know you've said it too, even in the Lakers series, that he was going to be the key, if how he's going to score. Obviously, in this game, he had two not-so-high scoring games, but obviously the assists make up for that because he's usually more, because Jokic is more of the point guard, right? He's more of the um, shooting guard type role. Um, but this, dude, like, we talk about Jimmy Butler um, elevating in the playoffs, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, Kobe, all these guys. Um, Jamal, Jamal Murray. Murray, obviously after that bubble, it was no fluke, right? It was not some TJ Warren shit. Obviously, TJ Warren was injured, but it was still not TJ Warren shit, right? Jamal Murray made his name in that bubble, and obviously Donovan Mitchell elevated still afterwards. So what did he? He just happened to be injured last year, but he's still like, after that bubble year, he still started off hot, and then he obviously got hurt, and then missed all of them the next year, and now he's back, and he's showing what he was doing. Yeah, he's not dropping 50 so- bombs, but he's still... Sh- if you were to ask a question, who is that guy in the playoffs? Jamal Murray is on that list now. Yes, but it also helps when you have Joker with you. So that that sucks because Donovan Mitchell didn't have that secondary piece in Utah. And obviously he has a little bit of help now with, um, in Cleveland. But yeah, you're right. 
because um, obviously now I'm not putting him in the same tier as those guys only because they've done they are the guy he has a guy with him yeah but you true. still need that secondary piece right Kobe Shaq and like you know Steph and Clay it's not uh, Steph and Katie yeah. yeah it's not a one and two it's a one a and one b yeah that's it, that's uh, what that's what he's proven now no in the in the playoffs yes but that's yeah, what I that's what matters it's the playoffs true but I still think he's a clear two though. Like he's, he's a one B. He's, he's shown that he's a one B in the playoffs. There's no way. But there's, ag- there's no way. But again, it's not like one A one B would be mean LeBron AD. And where are they? Got but swept by the Nuggets. Year, but this year, the, yeah, okay. This is the first like true true year. I know the bubble was there that he's doing it in a consecutive. I still think he's a number two. Like uh, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, at most is a similarity there. But Jason Tatum's not even a superstar. Jokic is a superstar. He's the best player in the league this year by far now. Right? He's clearly a number one. For me, one. there's clearly Jason Tatum's better than Jalen Brown. Like, J- Jason Tatum's a clear number one. And obviously, Jokic is a clear number one. But the way that Jamal Murray elevates his game in the playoffs, Jokic needs that. But it's with Jokic help. Jokic needs that. It's with help. With It's not like when Jokic has a bad game. So, so 80. If Jokic has a bad game, right, Murray usually himself cannot win the game for you. If you, one of them has a bad game. So right. the, but the Lakers didn't do that either. When it's not just the Lakers. I'm talking about like I don't know, but like you use that example. Uh, that game three performance was the best performance by a duo since LeBron and Kyrie's 41 point in 26. Uh, oh yeah, 100. percent Right. There's if you're looking at this playoff run, the only it's a one a and one b. They need both to win. The only reason is I need to see Jamal Murray elevate a little bit more in terms of a whole season regular. I get it. It's the it's, playoffs. It's the, he's doing in the biggest stage. It's the first playoffs he's doing this in though. But it's the biggest stage, bro. First one. So can, if he does it next year, I'll bro, give him no one way. A, one B. Then how you consider LeBron an 81 NB? Because we've seen both They only played a one playoff final together. They were in the playoffs. They, they went far this year and they went far that year too. Oh yeah, they made a LeBron bubble. LeBron Kyrie is like, okay, that's more of a 1A and 1B more than this in my opinion. Than LeBron in 80. No, more than... Uh, Jokic and Murray. That's more of a 1A and B. Okay, yeah, you can say more of 1A and B. That's more of you a 1A and B. You can't He's not, in that conversation now, consider, but I'm still giving him a number still a two status. It's still a 1A status. and 1B. I'm still giving him a number two status. It's 1A and saying. 1B. No, I, I disagree, bro. I'm the, still no, what him. he's shown in this playoffs run, he's a reason, clear reason, that the, the Lakers it. were swept. Yeah, that's fine. And I agree with that. You could put him this year. Yes, this year is 1A and 1B. Can I see it again next year is the question. Then I'm like, okay, for sure it's one A one B. Because when you look at one A and one B, you Jalen Brown was a multi-time All-Star. He was an all NBA player. Jamal Murray isn't. You're not gonna get that. Jamal Murray in this playoffs, for sure. Where was Jalen Brown? Where was Jalen Brown? He was in the finals last year. Okay, yeah, but what happened now? Well, he lost in the finals. So the last time we see a proper Jamal Murray, it was in the bubble. Right? Yeah. Would you agree? Yes. What did he do in the bubble? Lost to the Lakers. Lost to the Lakers, but how did like four one? It was Jokic and Murray. They were the key pieces, yes. One, a, one a and one B. But then you could Murray say that with injured. a lot of duels. Murray got injured. But you could say that Mur- with a lot of duels. Murray got injured. Jokic was nothing. Yeah. I in mean, the playoffs, he, no, right? He elevated for sure. Would I agree, agree with that, yes. Then, but you need then, a number two. Fine, Kobe and Powell. Kobe and Powell Gasol. That's Kobe one. But Powell Gasol had... You see, Powell Gasol's a two. Huh? That's where I have Powell, Jamal Murray as. That's my point. Powell Gasol did well in the playoffs. Game seven in that Celtic series, Powell Gasol carried. Yeah, Paul Gasol carried, but like in that game, in that how many that times? How many times have we seen in this playoffs Jokic and Murray? It was Jokic times, and yeah. Murray. But we've and seen was, more of Jokic consistently throughout, though. Yeah, okay, and but, it helps when you. But play. the games they won, 
the games they win were mostly Jokic and Murray. Yeah. Game one, Jokic and Murray. Game three, Jokic and Murray. That's fine. And if it's Jokic and Murray, you kind of kind of consider that he's a one B. But you could still say like one okay, Giannis and Chris Middleton. That's a clear difference, in my opinion. But Chris Middleton was elevated in the same role exactly what Jamal Murray's doing now. And that, in that playoff run? Yes. You didn't say we, obviously we didn't have a podcast then, but, but we like, talking okay, about I don't remember that right. That That's my point. That's where I'm putting Jamal Murray. He's a clear cut number two. He has the potential to be one A, one B is my point. I'm I'm putting him there now. I'm not I'm not I'm not putting him there right now. That's, I'm putting him there I'm, now. I can't put him in there right now. Uh, if, he, if he does this consistently throughout the regular season next year and he's in finally an bro, all-star young, that he deserves. Bro, the Nuggets starting, like Aaron Gordon's young, Murray's young, Jokic is young, MPJ is young. They could be back next year. They will do it again next year uh, with a good playoff then run. I'm they will. Putting it. I got they should, right? But here's the thing. You're playing with the best player in the world. That's the same thing back then when Middleton was so Middleton the best player in, play in the world. That's Middleton was a two. And that's what my point is. I okay. never said Middleton was 1B. Okay, then, I said Middleton's a clear two back then. Who was the best player in the world in the bubble? LeBron. You could say yeah, LeBron, Giannis. LeBron. It was yeah, LeBron. but again, have you not seen Anthony Davis every single game consistently before that? Anthony Davis had a name before he joined the Lakers. Yeah. Would you agree with that? He had a name, but what did he do? He still... He, he was the guy for the Pelicans that, even when they made the playoffs was putting numbers in the playoffs by himself. And then he came to the Lakers and obviously... And he was all NBA first team in the first year. And then he obviously injuries happen after that. It's hard, man. It's difficult. I think... I, I, I get your point and I'm not disagreeing with it completely, but I just need to see it The better. fact that you're doing this it is in the this first stage. one. It's the first he's one. He's doing it in this stage. But it's the biggest one. But so did one. Chris Middleton and you're not saying he's a number two. Jalen Brown did it last year. He, he, but well, okay, fine. Even if, even if the Nuggets... This performance happens in the Nuggets. Okay, box I consider. Celtics, I ain't, I ain't considering shit because they lost. Okay, but you got my point with the Middleton one. Middleton, maybe. Okay, uh, but what? how much did he do in the there finals? People were, saying, he... people were saying Middleton is the number one of that team during that playoff run. That's how disrespecting they were to Giannis. If, if that was the case, then I would consider that being 1A, 1B. I don't think that's a 1A, 1B either. It could have fall off. I'm it not was saying, a 2. I'm not saying, like, I'm not saying they're 1A, 1B right now. It, they, he could have like, fall off to a 2. But, Bruh, no. I love Jamal Murray. He's... The perfect Robin, exactly what Middleton is. One B, when you consider one A, one B, when Jokic is out, can Maria win a game by himself? Is my point. Well, consistently, uh, but Jokic just has been in the court with him. We've seen Jalen Brown when Jason Tatum struggled carry the offense at times. He didn't or, do that this year. This year's out of the equation. I said we we agree that Jalen Brown's a two. I'm just saying that it's more of a debate. Jalen Brown is making. There's a reason why he's going to be making a shit ton of money. This, uh, if he stays with the Celtics, because he's been a multi-time uh, All NBA guy, Jamal Murray hasn't shown that. Okay. yet. that's the key. One thing they weren't winning Game Three. I mean, they, they weren't. If Jamal Murray didn't, yeah, he didn't shoot well. But if Jamal Murray didn't play well, they weren't winning Game well, that's Four. That's fine. You could still play well and be considered a uh, great. Yeah, but Jokic. Two. Was, so when Jokic was off, Jamal Murray stepped up his game. This one game though, how many times have Jokic just been in foul trouble in the playoffs? Realistically, there's been a lot. Where he had five fouls sitting in the fourth quarter. Well, he's been Game in, three, how, he's did Jokic sit out in the third quarter? I yeah, know, but he's been in foul or trouble. fourth quarter. You can't say he's not been in foul trouble But like at this stage, at that moment. he I've, Even during the Lakers series, he got early foul trouble, not late foul trouble. But don't, the thing is this, bro. A triple-double while your best player is putting up a triple-double. They needed Again, all of that triple-double. I'm double. not disagreeing with you that that's an elite number two. One A and one B is like you could still be the best player, like how AD was with the Pelicans. Jamal Murray ain't that. 
James Harden, you could say he, now he's a number two. James Harden's a 1A, 1B situation back then because he was the best player for the Rockets and they didn't do much either. Yeah, so... My point is Jamal Murray is a clear number two because if you put Jamal Murray on his own team, Jamal Murray ain't going to carry you to the playoffs. Like Anthony Davis did a few times. Like a guy but like, 1A and 1B, you're doing it together. That's why. I'm. It's a one and a two is my point. But 1A and 1B, you're doing it together. Yeah, you're okay. performing for this one playoff series, though. Exactly what Chris Not Middleton did. This whole playoff, playoff run. Sorry, this whole playoff run is what I'm going to say. Series. This whole playoff run. But when you say a number one, a clear number one is a guy who carries his own team. And Jokic if, if he's on that. his own team, like Jokic is doing that. He needed Murray. Yes, everybody needs a number two. Yeah, but the, and Murray the, the is the number two. The you think Steph Curry would have won by himself? Not the KD years. I'm talking about the Clay years last year, or the, even the first year they won. Well, Steph, Steph, is Clay Thompson a one or B or a two? Last year? No, in general, in the early championship, like the year they won without KD before KD joined. The year they won, it was. Steph was the number one. Uh, Steph struggled himself. But he's still the number one. Yeah, still. Steph but my point one. to you is, if you're a number one on a uh, champ on a team, you could carry that team to the playoffs. Not every year, but to that year. James Harden did that. Anthony Davis did that. Jokic did that last year. Um, Embiid, even before, like, Simmons was in a 1B before Harden came. Even Harden's a 2. So that's my point. You, I get your point that he's doing it this playoff run, but Jamal Murray by himself will not carry a team to the playoffs. That's why he's a number 2, same thing as Chris Middleton. Yeah, Pascal okay, Siakam I, I, is a clear number two. He was not a one A one B situation. Right, yeah, like I get Kawhi your point. But, That's my point. But no, like what I'm seeing from him, I have to consider. You're, exp- you're but you're what I'm you're, seeing from him. I have to consider this. You okay? Jamal Murray by himself take Jokic out of the equation. Is this team in the championship? Is this team even in the playoffs? Yes or no? They're, Let's they, replace. They could be eighteen. Replace. They could be eighteen. Replace Jokic. They could be in a plan for sure without Jokic. Yeah. Okay. Give they can Jok- make a plan. Re- take out Jokic and put in Miles Turner. Is my okay, put it that Miles Turner instead of Jokic? Yeah, they can make a play in. For play sure. in playoffs. Play that off. doesn't mean they're in the playoffs. Yeah, but are they, they have a perennial? Are they a constant set, a six seed max? They could make a six. Jokic seed. put this team on the six seed when he lost his second best player in Murray and, and his third best third player. Best player. But he's a not. He's not a one B. He's an elite, elite number. Two. Bro, I'm sorry. I can't. Like, I, I, get, your, I get your point. I get your I'm, point. But my point is that if you're talking about this playoff, sure, 1A, 1B, just for the playoff run. But when you're putting him on your own team, Jamal Murray ain't a one. He's a two. He's an elite number two. He's a perfect compliment. Like how Kobe had Pau Gasol. Like how Shaq and Kobe were a thing. Like how LeBron okay, okay, no. and D-Wade were a if, thing. If, and LeBron and Kyrie. If, if it's this Jamal Murray, this playoff Jamal Murray. Yeah. What is he? What is just what is, this, what is this playoff Jamal Murray? I want to see it during a regular season when Jokic is out, and I want to see it consistently in the next year's playoffs. But, but what would you consider this Jamal Murray right now? The, I don't, don't don't say what I want to see it again. What do you consider him right now? A two. No, no, this playoff run. Just take this playoff run. Right yeah, here. but what what he's what is playing he playing with like? Jokic. What is he playing like? A one B or a two? A two. He's playing like a he's playing like a one B right now, dude. Okay, what uh, what was the series um before the Lakers, Suns? He had the elite game one. What the hell did he do after that? What was his stats? I hope I'm right on this because I'm pretty sure he did not go off after. When he said, remember he, that post game? Okay, but he was the main reason why they got rid of Timberwolves early as well. But that's the fucking Timberwolves. Yeah, I know, but still. Hold on, let me pull it up. Well, we're going to have to move on too. <laughs> well, we, have, we don't have much to talk about. You're stupid Raptors next. But, um, 
We gotta move on to the Heat stuff. I didn't know you were gonna bring this like this, but no, he's an elite number two, and that's it. It's not that's it. He's an elite number two. He's playing like a one B in this playoffs, but he's not a one B in general. So that's what I'm saying. No, you're saying you he's can, a one A one B. I'm saying that you can start considering that. Okay, so game one. He had 34, 5, and 9. Yeah. Right? Obviously, I think he, I know he struggled in game two and three, I'm pretty sure. That's my point. Yeah, 10 points on three for 15 shooting in game two. You don't get that consistently. If you're an 1B, like an elite, if you're a 1, like a 1B is a guy you could handle. What your was business. LeBron in 80 this year? That's a 1A and 1B because AD had monster playoff performances, even when LeBron was shit. It's tough, and bro. then the same it's thing tough. with LeBron and AD. Even during the year, Anthony Davis was uh, the moment he was playing, he was ar- he should have been an All Star and he should have been an All NBA player. He was arguably the two stretches he had before injury, and ins- injury. But he's the same inconsistency inconsistencies as Jamal. But his Ray. defensive end is a monster, monster impact, and you know that. It's, yeah, impact. Jamal Murray impacting the game different ways as well. Jamal Murray's facilitating and playmaking is, is impacting the game. In game five, he was good, or four. Game two, three, he struggled. Yeah, and I think the rest of the way he was decent. Like he was mad. Like he was okay. Like Jokic dropped fifty three, Murray dropped twenty eight. But that, that's, that's good. How much of that is Jokic dropping fifty three though? But still dropping twenty eight. He still they, did his part. And they lost that game, by the way. Yeah, but like because Jokic, when, because I know the, the only reason they wouldn't lose that game is like if Booker and fucking KD. Drop like but no, Jamal Murray's a number two in this league. He's not a one A one B situation. If you're talking about does, is he is if he, you're is, talk, he in, or is your question just this playoff run? Is that your question? If it's just this playoff run, I hundred percent agree with you. But if one, you're if you're talking about he's a one A one B in just general basketball, hell no. Yeah, he's I'm, an elite number two. I'm saying that he's, he's been, propelling his game because he's playing with Nikola I'm Jokic, saying, I'm saying, who's the best player in basketball. I'm saying he's been a one B in this playoffs. Okay, in this playoffs, I'm oh, fine. I agree. And with that. now I'm saying that he. He will be a one B next year. Okay, that that's you're projecting. We'll have to talk about that. I'm not saying. Then. I'm not saying. I still think he's a number two because your whole career you're playing with Nikola Jokic, the dude who never gets injured himself. Usually, Jokic you'll usually miss games for sitting out. That's it. Load management. Jamal Murray will not be. He might be like Shea is propelling. Who's better, Shea or Jamal Murray? Jamal Murray. That's In general, what, I, what I'm saying right now is Jamal Murray. Oh my God, you're bugging me. Shea Gilgis Alexander alone carried that team to where they are with that young ass team. And you're saying Shea, Shea, is, I'm the whole Shea is an all NBA. Shea is an all NBA player. What was Jamal Murray? He was getting back from his injury. Now he's, well, now we're seeing the full, okay, so the question, we're seeing the full Jamal Murray right now. We gotta see that next year. Okay, yeah. Then we'll, we'll then but, I'll agree. Then how am I supposed to assess it if Jamal but Murray's been but, but out you're proje- But you're projecting it for next year. You literally just said, I think he'll be a 1B next year. I'm saying hell no. Is I, my point. I said I think he will. We be. saw Shea as the number one guy, who made All NBA. You could argue De'Aaron Fox and Jamal Murray if you want, but not Shea. Hell okay, no. Okay, yeah, they're fine. I'll agree with you, Shea. I'll take back the Shea one, but Jamal Murray, the way he's playing right now, and if he carries it over, which I believe he will, because that team is young. Plus, they, they, that team is. Let me finish. That team is young, and they need him to be what he's been doing right now fine. in order to win again. He still has a really good team around him as well but I'm telling you right now and problem is we're never going to see them separated because I don't want them to see separated but again we your, if your point is this playoffs I agree with you for the playoff run but I'm not agreeing with you as a, a player in the NBA as a number one option because if you're 1A 1B you're 1 somewhere else 
Whether it be just like Cade Cunningham, like Shea Gilgis Alexander, he's not that. If you replace Shea and Jamal Murray, this version of Jamal Murray, I don't know if they make it that far. Because Shea could also play defense. Is my point. No, that team will be in play in. If, if, if you're saying this Jamal Murray, you're saying this Jamal Murray. Shea could play defense. Okay, but you're saying this Jamal Murray could help help that OKC team make the play Shea has been so consistent the whole year. He was getting MVP votes. Yeah, I'm not saying Shea. Like, Shea make, Shea, I'm not saying they would have won the first play on game like how Shea did. But I'm saying they could have made the play. Like, who was worse than them? Portland, shit. San Antonio, shit. Houston, That's shit. That's fine. Like, I'm how are they not making the play if they switch? How are they not? Who knows? Are you talking about this OKC team with Jamal Murray? Yeah, you or, said switch or, him. You say this playoff Jamal, saying, this or, playoff Jamal Murray. You said switch him when Shea Gilgis Alexander. They're making the playoffs. I'm not saying. I'm not. I, t- I said I took it back about the Shea one. I, I agree with you that Shea is a one. All okay, right? but then I'm taking. If you're talking about matchup, Dame over uh, Jamal Murray there. If you're talking about that Portland. Oh, matchup. Okay, Portland. no, but the Portland. Because you also got to see the style of play. Shea and Jamal Murray are different styles of players. Jamal Murray complements so well with Nikola Jokic. You're underestimating that, in my opinion. That Jamal Murray, what is who's his big man there? Chet was injured. You can't even say Chet's name right now. Yeah, but Pokashevsky was injured. Ha, are you seeing the difficult ISO shots that Jamal Murray yeah, is making? How this consistent can you make that? Every time. We're seeing it in the playoffs, and I agree with you. This the, run. The playoffs, that's the thing. This is the one playoffs. playoff run in a proper setting. I'm not saying the bubble counts. I'm not saying the bubble does not count. He did it in the bubble where everybody was playing ball. So this is the second one. Okay, now. He was coming back from injury, but how much is the factor that Jokic is his teammate? Is my point to you? Obviously, that's he's an elite fight. number two. He's in that Chris Middleton tier. You're acting like I'm disrespecting Jamal Murray. I'm not saying you're disrespecting. Did I say that? No, did I act you, like that? That's what it seems like. Because the way you're going at me is like I'm saying it's but a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad. Did I say it's a bad thing? I did not say it's a bad thing. But in a way, it is. I mean, you raise your voice, so I raise my voice back. <laughs> <laughs> what else is gonna happen? You're like, but bro, no. he's a number okay, two. We, then we, I'm like, no, he's a one B. If you're saying he's a one B next year, then we have to wait. But I'm saying about if you're, I'm saying he's not a one. He's he, gonna project he's him. A, he he will project himself. I think he's an elite number two. That's it. He I will. think he's an elite. All number right, let's two. move. Let's move on to the Heat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's just move on to the Heat. We 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 stop talking about this. I know that we're not. We're probably gonna still he's argue about this two. later on. Comment down below what you guys think. But who won the argument? Yeah, comment, comment, comment my name. Comment my name. Jimmy Butler, 25, 7, and 7. On efficient shooting, but... That's not Jimmy Butler. You still need 30-plus, at least. If 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 Max Drews is struggling, if um, Gabe Vincent, Gabe Vincent strugg- is struggling, if Caleb Martin, even though he put up 11, was slightly better, but that's still 11 points. That's not the West Eastern Conference Finals of Caleb Martin. You need to be Milwaukee Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Uh, the three players that did play well were Kevin Love, Duncan Robinson, and Kyle Lowry. Yeah, they both is, put up double digits. And then Bam was still fine, but Jimmy Butler, you can't rely on that. Jimmy Butler needs to put a game on his back now. We've seen enough. Tyler Hero's not coming back. I think his injury is still the same. Um, and there's no point arguing about the Tyler Hero part because now at this point we agree that they need him. But Jimmy Butler, this next game, needs to be like how he was in the bubble Lakers, that game, the game five where he put his team on the back and played like 48 minutes. That's what this Jimmy Butler needs. But yeah, the problem is for sure. How, how is he gonna do that for the next three games? Yeah, I agree with you. That's tough for sure. Uh, I personally believe that he should make a change in the lineup, and I think they should start Kyle Lowry. They they play better with Kyle Lowry on the court. The pace that they play with Kyle Lowry needs to needs to it needs to be from the so beginning. So who are you putting on the bench? Struess. So you're saying Gabe Vincent, Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler? Yeah, because uh, Gabe Kevin Vincent Lovin. Gabe Vincent has shown up in these finals. Yeah, at least. and Gabe and then Struess Kevin Lovin, and then Bam Adebayo, right? Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. 
You agree? Yeah. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would after make that, that argument, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, no more arguments, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I'm not even saying that. I, I genuinely agree with that. I think. Yeah. I think it has to be that because Gabe Vincent you has need shown to play those guys at least 40 minutes at this point. And yeah. Yes. Can you get a spark plug with? Um, exclusive shooting wise and if kyle struggles early then you take him you off you always take him off yeah, yeah. you have still have caleb Martin, you need to make a change you're down three one you lost two games at home uh you shouldn't be losing two games at home you know we said it was supposed to be split at this point but yeah um oh also you want to factor in uh, back to the denver thing slightly because <laughs> uh, i forgot to mention this one big thing their defense has been causing a lot of issues for um Miami as well. Their defense has been incredible. Yeah. Uh, like I said, bro, this is the reason why I love Denver this year is because of their defense. They didn't have that the last couple of years, and that's why they struggled a lot. Uh, the fact that they improved the defensively a lot made me confident that Denver could actually, like, you know, make the final, especially when they beat the Suns. Uh, so, my question to you, can the Heat come back? That was my question to you. <laughs> well, I asked it first, so answer it. <laughs> uh, well, I have a secondary question after, but... Um, no. I agree. I, I, it's it's over in five. five. It has to be it over ends in five. five. So my question to you is, which team, Florida or Miami, has the potential of coming back from 3-1 the most? We did this last time, and we got it completely wrong with the Lakers and Celtics were down 3-0 at that time. Oh, well, I believe Florida will game, win game five. I don't believe Miami will win game five. If I, Obviously, I clearly said both ends in five. Yeah, you right? said both ends in five. If uh, I were to pick one, I'm picking Florida because... A goal you could get hot. Because I've never, I didn't see Jimmy Butler yet. That's yeah, it. I, if, I see, if I see one Jimmy Butler game, like how um, Jokic had that fifty-three point game against the Suns, or like even this series, like more, that game three game, performance. Game, game two, yeah. If I see that Jimmy Butler performance, then I would have. You have hope, I right? Because that's what the, that's what it, I just I, Jimmy putting points. Don't get me wrong; those are good numbers. Like those are good numbers, but, but those are not like over the top numbers. Yeah, the thing with the thing with difference between hockey and basketball is. Bobrovsky's shown that he's a hot goaltender. Like, he could be a hot goalie. Yeah. And if he could get that get that back again a little bit, it's going to be hard. It's hard to beat a goalie. Like, we saw Vegas struggle against Demko in the bubble. Yeah. Right? Um. Another thing is that, like you said, Jimmy hadn't have that, hasn't had the game yet in the finals. Right? So, since we haven't seen that, obviously, we've seen Bobrovsky made some big saves in these finals uh, for the NHL. So, that's why I put my... That was my two biggest factors. And now I'll put my belief... More in the Panthers. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think I agree with you there. The Panthers. I think it's just the way hockey is as well. You could get goalied at any moment. Um. Here, I've not seen a bad Jokic game yet. Obviously, we've seen a less scoring Murray, but we've seen in the finals we've seen a playmaking Murray, and Aaron Gordon and Matt. We they want they get one or two more guys going off. It could be Christian Brown again. They'll win this game. Yeah. Simple. Unless, like, if Jimmy Butler even goes off for 50, he needs a secondary scorer. At least two, in my opinion. One of them's got to be Bam, and then one of them's got to be probably a Gabe Vincent or Vincent, a Max Schuess or whoever. Or Martin off the bench. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, I agree with you there, but I, I ultimately think they both end in five. But if the potential to come back and win the series, it's going to be, for me, it's um, Florida. Now, if this is anything like last time we made this prediction, <laughs> flip might happen. Yeah, it might be completely wrong, but... Yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, <laughs> after all that, we saw more. Well, you're wearing the shirt. You obviously have big news. So the last vacancy coaching spot has been filled. The Toronto Raptors have finalized uh, former, now former Memphis lead assistant um, 
Darko Darko Rajakovic 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 something like I don't know yeah. we'll learn it more you'll learn it more watching games um he started coaching when he was 16 years old in Serbia so he's experienced he's 44 right now my new favorite serbian uh, <laughs> outside of Jokic I don't know if I had one before but he's Jokic. my maybe <laughs> but, yeah it's probably Jokic but before. no he's now 44 um he's coached in OKC or he has he was the assistant for Serbia his coach uh he was assistant coach for Serbia national team he was he coached in the G League as a head coach he's coached assistant coach for the OKC Thunder early on one year with Phoenix and recently with Memphis um and he's rumored to be a great de- player development coach which Scotty Barnes I'm not saying he's a superstar he can he have that potential we don't know right anyone could be a superstar like a Jokic second round pick right you know Giannis and Kawhi late or mid first rounders became superstars so he could maybe have a potential there um and your potential whoever picked the idea 13 yeah and then whatever trade you make i uh, hope we and the other thing before i let you go on because it's your team is that reports were that the raptors wanted a coach that could either contend or rebuild All so right. they haven't made their decision yet we're rebuilding sense. There's All right, I'll let you have the floor. Who is running that organization is Masai Ujiri. The fact that if you ever think that you're going to contend with this roster, you're bugging. All right? Bugging. You're bugging. This <laughs> <laughs> absolute like Bro, this podcast got you saying words I've never heard you use before. <laughs> bro, I feel like I've seen in like sideburn videos and stuff, yeah. bro. Like UK <laughs> UK words. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, like, continue. It's a rebuild. This guy's a developmental coach for sure. Um you got to get yourself uh you got to you got to change the roster right there's no the closest star available was Kevin Durant he's not available anymore right maybe Damian Lillard could be available but I doubt Kevin Durant, I doubt I think he's the guy he's, to put you over the top yeah all right but and Kevin then and I don't think he's probably I don't think Toronto will be a preferred destination for him yeah and then plus uh, the 60 million cap it plus that uh also Dame likes some Raptors players like OG Ananobi right Pascal Siakam could work there as well So trade him if you trade get you've rid had, of him. You've had prior business with him before. Prior business with the Gary Trent Jr. Norman Norman Powell trade. Uh so if we could get like the number 3 overall pick by getting rid of by getting rid of them, uh Siakam or Ananobi or maybe both. Uh and hope we get like someone like Brandon Miller or Scoot Henderson and you have a uh, Ryakovic right coming in with uh, from Memphis who obviously turned turned around. Considering that team with even without Jaw, they were still a second place. Yeah. Not just this year, but the previous year when Jaw was injured, and on top of that, that young team was potential was playing like how we were earlier talking about the Shea Jamal Murray situation, um, not situation, but like that debate. Um, he put them in a second seat like two years in a row. Only team behind or ahead of them was the Nuggets, and then the Suns. Yeah, the Suns right. the pre- year before. Yeah, so like he's shown that like he could. Or he's helped take like you know a young team and put them up to a different level. So yeah. that's that's why rebuild makes more sense. Uh, he's been coaching for a long time, like as you said. So like obviously we're not gonna know what's gonna happen until it happens. So I'm excited to see. Uh, but this roster needs to change for sure to help him um, out. Okay, so here's a couple questions for you. Should he bring in like what Adrian Griffin did, a veteran head coach? I don't know, saying Doc Rivers, but someone like that. I mean obviously like if you can do it but the thing with the yeah no I agree 
uh, if you can he's do it. He's a first-time head coach, and he's 44. Yeah, if you can do it. The only way is, like, he has to have a younger roster, which he will. Um, uh, yeah, the other thing is he's helped also helped the shooting of that team. Like, Jaws a bet, better better. And then also turnovers. Projected. And the turnover stuff, you have Tyus Jones, who's, like, one of the best. Who is the best assist to turnover ratio at, like, one point something. And how much he will help Scotty in that, because he's probably going to be your point guard, point forward, or Malachi, or whoever you decide. But yeah, no. Um, as a guy who watched a bunch of Raptors game as well, um, bless you. Um, you. Yeah, I agree with you. Call Portland. Call Houston if Houston decides to you know screw their shit up and go after James Harden and Jalen Brown or whoever, um, Middleton, and then call them up. Get the number four pick. Even if you get Eamon Thompson, he's a yeah. He might not be a shooter, so you want shooters around Scotty. But like I said, you could you got a coach that could help you develop in that. I don't know who your whole roster your coaching staff is gone, right? Whole coaching staff is gone, so this is a complete turnaround coaching staff wise, and obviously, like I said, roster needs to change. Uh, another thing is that like Scotty's the biggest piece we have right now, obviously. So then, obviously, he's being him being young, pairing up with another young stud will always. And help. you obviously keep your thirteenth pick. I've obviously saw maybe a pick swap could happen, but even if you have to a pick swap, it depends on the trade. Um, if you're giving up both, like, let's just say, sign and trade Gary Trent back to Portland with Pascal, you get the third pick and you get Scoot Henderson. Because right now, like, we need right, a, now reports we need are, right now reports are Brandon Williams is going second. Yeah. And, or Brandon Miller, not Brandon Williams, now you made it up. <laughs> Brandon Miller <laughs> is going second. Um, obviously, Scoot Henderson, again, probably needs to work on shooting a bit, but you get a true point guard. Scotty could be that point forward. Now, and you surround those guys with shooters. Scotty, elite defensive player in this league. I don't know how Scoot is, how much Scoot is in that sense. But again, this is a hypothetical. We'll get into that draft week, which is next week, I believe. Um, but yeah, uh, I agree that it should be time for a rebuild. And who knows? Like, look at OKC, how fast they went up, even with Memphis, Jaw, right? You're hoping Scotty takes that Jaw type of leap. And if he does, or a Shea type of leap, and if he does, you guys should be back and like play in, um, play off. It also picture. depends, like, who we get rid of, right? Like, if we still have no, for sure. Like, but if like, we still if have other pieces, a, like if you make a fun upcoming young team, like how sh- um, the OKC Thunder are, and you already have a piece like they had in Shea and Scotty Barnes, and whoever you decide to draft at thirteen, and maybe he becomes a stud, maybe you do trade Pascal Siakam finally, because right now I saw a report that Fred is gonna opt out and leave, so you need a point guard anyways. Yeah, so that's you have why Malachi on the roster, but can we finally see him play? Maybe this one year, just let them have fun to see how much. They'll have expectations. Let him, let him assess, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely options. Because uh, we don't know who's in contendership, who's going to yeah, be available. There's and no, what are you going to no, get rid of to get them? There's no one. There's and no have, free agent. We, like, James Harden ain't going to help you. It's not. Uh, yeah. It's obvious. Like, it's rebuild and uh, find a way to just get young assets. All right. Moving mm. on. Um, we'll get into that more later. Uh, Charles Lee, uh, who was your finalist as well. Um, for the Raptors head coaching spot, I think also the Pistons, if I'm not mistaken, is moving on from the lead assistant from the Bucks, which I don't fully blame him either because Adrian Griffin brought in Terry Stotts and you hired Adrian Griffin while you had a guy there. He's uh, joining Boston's Celtics uh, lead assistant spot who recently brought Sam Cassell, like we said last time. And yeah, um, you know, I don't know how much of a head spot coaching job he'll get next year because obviously there'll be coaching openings next year for sure whether it be through contract or firings but there's that spot um 
there is i have some more written here so uh we missed some from last week because obviously we had like massive news last week to talk about the Suns hired fisdale as the assistant so yeah. he's reunited with vogel yeah um steven silas who recently got fired from the or didn't get his contract extended with the rockets is now the lead top assistant for uh monty williams at the pistons and the wizards hired bill dawkins from okc as their gm now yeah um, which was also a couple of days ago so those are the updates on the coaching staff side of things for basketball um yeah uh the last thing we need to talk about is we had a trade nothing mm-hmm. massive but a small trade so i'll pull that up Involving Denver nuggets made some trade for picks with the okc thunder which kind of makes sense because okay imagine the scenes if they were like allowed to trade a player they're like nah, oh, you no, gotta no. Leave. i mean I know. i'm sure you could i think the teams that are eliminated can obviously yeah i know but like imagine like oh uh, i'm in the nba finals they're like nah you got traded get off the court <laughs> well, well, obviously, well, no, obviously. Like, you can't it's not that's after july 1st right? yeah no obviously you can't do that but i'm just saying as jokes because the fact that they were able to make a trade would so surprise me a little bit i'm gonna just read this straight up from espn in a rare trade involving an nba finals participant the exactly denver, that's why yeah, i'm just like the denver that. nuggets are acquiring 2024 first and second round pick and 2023 second round pick in a deal with the okc thunder for a protected 2029 first round pick and this happened on friday and the nuggets will get the less least favorable of the okc's first round picks in 2024 because obviously okc has a lot of picks so they're going to give them the least favorable essentially what this does is um uh, and they get the 37th pick in the 2020 june 2020 june 22 draft the date 22 um essentially what this does is this gives denver leverage to make more trades whether they win or not this year um to make you know because obviously the new cap rules are uh, apply with the new cba I don't know what the full details are. I'm not a cap guy. We'll, we'll have to definitely look into more of that because I think there's some rules with the tax level exceptions and all that. So this actually gives them leverage that, like, let's just say they can't bring up back a guy on their roster. Um, they could trade one of these lower leverage picks for, you know, a guy like Bruce Brown again or yeah. on the lower end, like Christian Brown, probably. Yeah. They do need depth. You know, as good as they're playing, they, I still think they need depth. But, yeah. yeah and then OKC had mass effects. They might as well just, just take a risk on 2029. Right? They're hoping to be... Uh, playoff like godly contenders by then, yeah. by then 2029 yeah so that's pretty much it right yeah um after first ever heated debate that we heated, had heated. um i'm sweating after that honestly. yeah i know <laughs> I mean, it's also, uh, it's also pretty off, hot oof, but you know comment down below what you guys think about that uh, um if jamal murray's gonna set two in this league or is he a one b like Jovan is saying but other than that um it's pretty much it yeah so like comment and subscribe we're almost at 100 subs comment anything not just the jamal murray stuff anything you guys we've missed maybe what you guys think where delvin cook will end up um stuff like that how the playoffs will finish and download our podcast when it comes out on the or audio platforms and uh we'll catch you guys in the next one peace, peace.